after a horrendous showing in game one on Monday against the Diamondbacks, Phillies bounce back with a really nice performance yesterday, a 7-4 victory for your Philadelphia Phillies. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I am your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, June the 12th, as again, we come off a really nice Phillies victory yesterday, a team that came out in game one of this series, losing 13-8, allowing eight home runs. Jared Eikhoff, who we'll have some news about after we break down the game, is uh, uh, the five home runs allowed by Eikhoff, not unnoticed. Eikhoff became the first starting pitcher in baseball this year to allow five home runs in one game. The staff as a whole ends up allowing eight. Eight home runs. They, the team hits five as well. 13 homers, a major league record in one game. Crazy to think about. Unfortunately, the Phillies were on the lesser end of that. But ultimately, after a uh, just a really rough performance yesterday, especially considering you know the Phillies were down 13-6 uh, to six at one point, 11-4 at one point. Uh, just a, a, a rough showing. Um, but... They bounced back last night, and they they did what this team seems to always do. Really, it seems under Gabe Kapler, especially this season and last season, really prior to that, you know, obviously two month stretch where they just kind of cratered at the end of the year. But this team, for the most part, they will lose some gut punch type games, some games where you just leave saying. I don't know how that happened. How did we lose that ball game? And that happens far too often. But at the same time, I feel like inevitably, almost every time, the vast majority of times, they bounce back the next game, the game after that at worst, and and they really are, are pretty resilient when it comes to that. And they showed it last night as it was a game after that. Again, I think horrendous is, uh, is not too... Uh, light a word to be used but after that that showing they uh they bounce back in a big way a 7-4 victory and really the offense gets going a little bit at times but it was a um it was just and Jake Arrieta was he's tough to watch right now as Arietta ultimately does get the win he goes six innings allows three earned runs four walks to go along with five strikeouts six hits 10 base runners and in six innings but Four walks, Arietta just continues to labor. It's a really a tough watch watching Jake Arietta. He's six and five on the season now. Ultimately, the bullpen able to help him out uh, to getting it to the end. JD Hammer allows a homer, uh, allowing one run, but then Juan Nicasio, a nice clean inning, and then Hector Neris, of course, the uh, most reliable closer out there. 14 for 14 now in the ninth in save opportunities and uh, gets the job done um but really the offense really won this one early on as the offense gets going early scott kingery the the man the myth the legend kingery another homer a three-run shot in the second inning kingery is seventh homer three in the last two games as kingery just continues to rake now batting on the season 324, a 365 OBP and a 630 slugging percentage, now over 100 bats. So um, well, I, I, it's amazing what Kingery has done. And look, it's someone who I, something I said, I felt like I had to say all of last season and into the offseason was 
don't give up on Scott Kingery because he's a uh, young player, a rookie who has struggled at the major league level after making a big jump and, and you know, uh, never having played at that level before and playing all these different positions. And it seemed like people forgot how good he was in the minor leagues and how legit a prospect he was and, and why the Phillies gave him that historic contract. So I think we're starting to see that guy. He's, you know, less focusing on the approach that he was kind of forced to use last year, the, the taking pitches, all that. And he's going up and he's, and he's seeing pitches he likes and he's going after them. And that's what he did in the minors that was successful. And he's doing that in the majors now. Uh, look, he's not a great center fielder yet. Uh, obviously, but there was a play last night where um, he kind of just misread a ball and uh, ends up going for two run double. I, 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 to be honest, I don't know if he gets that ball anyway. Like I, I, he does, and I don't think like I'm talking about an experienced center fielder doesn't definitely get to that ball. But I think more often than not, a really good center fielder will make that play. But um, Kingery just has been such a, a terrific hitter. And, and when they play him in third base, which I've advocated for on a consistent basis, he's a really good third baseman with a lot of range and a cannon arm. So, uh, Scott Kingery, such a, a pleasant, unexpected addition to this line. Kind of like Jay Bruce, who also had two hits last night, a big RBI, uh, as well, uh, just a, a part of everything. And also made one of the best defensive plays of the season so far uh, in the outfield with a, a, diving catch in left field jay bruce has been too good to be true and it's wild to see what him and kingery have done basically since the andrew mccutcheon injury since bruce has been forced into everyday playing time um those two guys have been the best players on the team it's been crazy kingery and bruce have really upped their game really helped carry this offense at times and obviously, Bruce flashing some leather, too. He's a better athlete than I think a lot of people expected him to be. Like, he's not, he's big and he kind of is lumbering, but he's more athletic than, you know, I think he's giving credit for. And obviously, raking at the plate, continuing to hit, continuing to take what's given to him, and uh, and really just doing a really nice job. Uh, again, two for three in RBI, a run last night, a walk. Uh, Bruce just has been absolutely more than we could have ever imagined and again just flashing back to that deal real quickly the idea that the phillies got jay bruce for nothing uh essentially a guy who's a utility player uh projected to be by most you know people who know those types of things i haven't uh, i can't admit i've watched a ton of jake shiner play baseball but it seems like he's not a high-level prospect, and the fact that on top of that, the Mariners ate 18 million of the 21 million on Jay Bruce's contract is—it's mind-boggling. I, I think that Matt Klentak with the Gene Segura trade and and that trade has made two of the great trades of the last few years with the Mariners. It's unbelievable. I, uh, Jerry Depoto must be asleep at the wheel there. Um, but uh, look, it's working out for the Phillies. Bruce and Kingry—that combo has really really fueled this offense and uh and it's exciting it's great to see and it's so much needed with mccutcheon going down that was a big blow for this offense as a catalyst at the top of the lineup and someone who um you know obviously is a veteran leader and and obviously a great base runner and and obviously defensively as well but really in terms of the lineup someone who's a catalyst at the top of the lineup got on base scored a lot of runs um, to see guys like Kingery and Bruce step in and, uh, you know, Kingery getting everyday playing time now, obviously, and Bruce 
If also, it was well good every day playing time now because of the McCutcheon injury. Neither guy was guaranteed that, you know, and Kingery obviously had been playing his way into it. But um, those two guys have been have been massively important over the last week and a half. So uh, nice to see them continue to rake last night. JT Romuto a couple of hits. Uh, Harper had a hit and a walk. Didn't really do a ton. But really, the, uh, the, the, the brunt of the offense came from the 5-6-7ers as Romuto... Bruce and Kingery combine to go five for uh, five for ten at the plate, including the Kingery homer. They uh, score five runs between them and five RB four runs between them and five RBI. So really, um, played a big role in the seven four victory. As that uh, that's what they need. They need the offense to come through again. Uh, Arietta just um, Again, hasn't been a very fun watch. <laughs> it has been uh, been tough to watch. I, it's funny because uh, when I, I said yesterday on the show that I, I think the two pitchers I trust the least in the Phillies rotation right now are Jared Eikhoff, obviously, and then Jake Arrieta. And I know that sounds crazy, and we'll get Eikhoff in just a second. But uh, you could say that, look, Nick Pavetta, I mean, how could you trust that guy more than Arietta? But... At least with Pavetta, you know, look, I know it's only been two starts since he's come back from the minors, but uh, three starts, excuse me. But at least with Pavetta, you can see that he can be dominant. We've already seen it twice, once against the Dodgers. At least with Pavetta, you know that there is high-end stuff. And I said this uh, earlier on the show this week as well, the idea that if, and, and this is jumping way ahead, but if the Phillies were a playoff team, I would much rather hand the ball to Nick Pavetta in the playoffs because at least I know that guy can go out and, and dominate a game. Like, yeah, he might also implode. Sure, that's on the table. But Jake Arrieta, I know what I'm getting with that guy. I mean, he is he is mediocre these days and that's putting it nicely six innings three runs that's fine like he did fine he battled last night it wasn't a disaster they win the game but four walks just doesn't really have swing and miss stuff the way he used to uh obviously but really at all um he's just someone who's not uh, you know uh, inspiring <laughs> when you, you know he's not someone you get excited about taking the hill for you, you know? So, uh, and look, I feel really good about Zach Afflin. As I've said, I think he's a really nice pitcher. Uh, Nola, I, I think we'll get there. I know we haven't seen him with the consistency, but we've seen spots and fits of, of him being that, you know, vintage Nola from last year, but more so also um, with uh, with Nola. Uh, you know, I think that he's, he's a smart enough pitcher and, and he'll figure it out as the season goes along here and get to a point where at least we can, Trust him more, but I think uh, Arietta, I think, is what he is, and I don't know if we're going to see a better version of him. And I don't know if just because the games mean more, it's gonna he's gonna grit down, or once we get to the second half, like old school second half Jake Arietta. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know why I should trust that that guy's gonna be there. One guy who's definitely not gonna be there though. Is Jared Eikhoff as the Phillies yet again act quickly as they did bringing Eikhoff up and sending Pavetta down back when Pavetta was struggling to start the season as they acted swiftly there and sent the message every game matters as they did with Vincent Velasquez putting him in the bullpen they have been consistent with that Uh, they have said hey we are not messing around when it comes to this type of stuff and they said it again, Eikhoff, out of the rotation. The Phillies have not made any sort of commitment as to what they're going to do when Eikhoff's spot comes up against, of course, Atlanta this weekend. 
which is less than ideal. You would you would hope uh, you know you, you line up to get a, a Nola Pavetta Eikhoff type of run there, but ultimately. Um, you feel good. Uh, you don't feel really good is what I mean to say with any of these guys. So Cole Irvin obviously is an option. Maybe, um, you know, hopefully not Ranger Suarez or Daniel Dale Santos or something like that. But the other option that has been floated that I am a proponent of the opener. I love the opener. Look, I think, and look, I'm not someone who thinks every team should open every game with the opener or anything like that. But I think in these types of situations where, whether it's because of injuries or because of poor pitching or whatever, where maybe for a portion of time, for like a few weeks until the Phillies trade for somebody or until something else materializes or whatever, why not go with an opener? Why not, you know, have some guys like Vinny Velasquez, a perfect type of guy to play with an opener where he can, you know, kind of bring the start the opener and then bring Velasquez in for two or three in the middle, Cole Irvin, same type of thing like like they did last time. I just think the opener is not a bad idea. Obviously, it's matchup dependent. It depends who you're facing. And if you have a solid matchup in the pen, again, this is also a Phillies team that is so depleted in the bullpen that you don't know who they even have to toss out there to roll with an opener. But I do think that in this particular case, and, and again, they're putting Eikhoff in the bullpen as well, so maybe use him in those long spots too, which, you know, who knows? I, I just, and again, I, I go stuff out of the bullpen. doesn't really play. It's not a classic bullpen arm, you know, it, not a lot of heat to it. But I, uh, I think in this case right now where there's no clear cut starter who deserves another shot, I think the opener makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, do, would I rather see an opener in a matchup uh, middle reliever against the first time through a lineup or first time through the, the top part of a lineup than see, you know, Cole Irvin? Yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. I think that's smart. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Ultimately, it also, though, shines a light first and foremost on the fact that I think they clearly – have to trade for a pitcher at some point here. That's just, um, they're going to have to make, and again, we've talked a lot about going all in. Is it the season for that? And I don't believe it is, but I also believe that you don't have to go all in to make trades for a pitcher. You can either trade for a pitcher who's more of a a, um, cosmetic band-aid type of of fix that maybe won't necessarily make as much of a difference to win your World Series, but could also get you to the playoffs or whatever it is, help get you there. Or you could trade for someone who has more years left on their contract, unless you're taking a shot at it now, plus next year and the year after, or just next year or whatever. Like Mike Miner has another year left on his deal, which is a name that's been bandied about, even though the Rangers are actually in a wild card spot right now. So we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, ultimately, I think that um, this team's going to need to trade for a starter. And also for the next. You know, if they don't trade for one sooner than expected, if they wait till the deadline, it also shines a light on how important these other guys are to get you through till then. That, you know, you need Pavetta to, to keep being the guy we've seen over the last couple of starts. We need that guy. You know, they need Aaron Nola to, to get back to being the guy we saw in May and not the guy we saw a couple of starts ago and have seen too often already this season. They need Zach Eflin to continue to be a metronome of consistency for them. And frankly, they need Jake Arrieta to not suck too hard. You know, they need Jake Arrieta to 
to do enough for them. And uh, hopefully that's something that can can be achieved. That doesn't seem like a high bar to ask from those four. And ultimately, I do think they're going to trade for at least one starter. Who knows whether they go crazy? Who knows what they're going to do? But I think you know this rotation isn't getting there without a, uh, a trade for a starter. But and again, I also I also praise them again. I, I really do respect how quick they've been to to pull the hook on guys this year. They they have not messed around. They say if you are struggling and you're not getting it done, see ya. Get out. I mean, how long has it taken them to get Vin, Vinny Velasquez in the bullpen? The fan base has been asking for Vinny Velasquez to be in the bullpen for three years now. And finally, it happens this year when they're not messing around. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. I think they'll, they'll certainly bring someone in, but it's an interesting situation. All right, coming up, uh, a little more on this is a question about blame quickly. But also, uh, all-star voting is out, and then we will also look ahead to tonight, to the weekend, and... A whole lot more coming up. It's Philly State's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. James Seltzer, Phillies today. Coming up, we will look at tonight's game against the Diamondbacks. We will also look at the National League All-Star voting, which uh, the first round of voting was released yesterday for the first time. And spoiler alert, not great in terms of wanting to see your Phillies players play in the All-Star game. But quickly, a quick question of blame as it came up yesterday on, on WIP uh, on the midday show it was talked about and in general, the idea of, of the pitching struggles in the staff and who's to blame. And uh, both, uh, you know, the hosts of uh, the Midday Show, Joe and John, felt that Matt Clentak was to blame for, for A, not um, a not having uh, enough talent in the starting rotation, then B, not going after a guy like Keuchel. And I just, I disagree with that. I think that you can't, expect Aaron Nola to not be the Aaron Nola we saw last year, or at least something close to it. I think you can give them some blame for it. You can say, look, a career innings limits, there are warning signs, but certainly not a mid four ERA Aaron Nola. That's not, you know, that's not fair to say that. We were all lauding Clentac when he signed Nola to that contract. And whoa, what a steal, you know, like I think it's some way hypocritical to to turn back the clock and, and flip it around. And then, you know, look, I think we all knew Velasquez we didn't feel great about. But, you know, I think there were a lot of people who were excited about Arietta. Pavetta was someone who was not just talked about in Philadelphia as a breakout candidate. It was a national thing. It was fantasy. It was everything. Like, everyone believed in Nick Pavetta and the underlying numbers and what scouts saw and the, what the team was saying. And then, look, Eflin's just been good. So um, I, I, I think that it's fair to say that the staff wasn't – as good as it could be going in with the lineup that we expect, what we expected, which is funny because the lineup has actually been as big a problem as anything. They are, you know, middle of the pack at best offensively this year. And that's with Andrew McCutcheon for the most part. Now they've lost him. And obviously, granted, they have Jay Bruce, the greatest hitter of all time. But, um, uh, I, you know what I mean? I just think that, that this is a team that, that is underachieved offensively. And, the starting pitching is underachieved as well, but I think it's unfair to say that oh, this is Matt Clentex's fault. And if you want to say you should assign Matt, uh, Dallas Keuchel for $13 million, I'm fine. I would assign him for that number. That would have been fine. But it seems like the Phillies don't want to go over the luxury tax. It seems like something they're you know, just not looking to do this year. And Keuchel would have put them closer, and if they want to trade for guys, it could have put them over. Who knows? 
But um, and maybe look, hey, I know this is not really you know discussed when people are like, oh, why don't they just get Keiko? Maybe they don't like Dallas Keiko. Maybe Dallas Keiko is not their kind of pitcher. Who knows? But ultimately, I think that first and foremost, Clentag will probably go out and get another pitcher. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I think it's also Clentag did a great job this offseason. We all acknowledged it. He went out and got. Three all-stars from last season. He got McCutcheon, who was looking like a great deal. Um, you know, Segura, Real Muto, Harper, um, obviously. And then uh, Robertson, you can't blame him for that guy getting hurt. That guy's been on the DL twice in his whole career. McCutcheon's been on the, oh, excuse me, the IL. was the DL when Robertson was on it, but the IL twice in his career. McCutcheon had only been on it once. So I think it's unfair to blame Clentac for that type of stuff. I think he had a great offseason, but... Um, I think injuries happen, and and I think that sometimes we want to perform, but um, and also I think that there maybe wasn't a very robust market for starting pitchers or traded for starting pitchers. There weren't really any big starting pitcher trades other than the James Paxton deal I believe made this offseason. Um, and obviously, other than Patrick Corbin, not a lot of starting pitcher uh, yeah, star, uh, free agents out there either. So, uh, all right. Uh, all-star voting really quickly as we look at uh, where the Phillies rank the answer is not great as uh, the only Philly in the top three at his position believe it or not is JT Romuto who is third Wilson Contreras is the far and away the leading vote getter at catcher and uh, Brian McCann is second Brian McCann of course a backup catcher so that's awesome Um, Romuto Look, probably deserves to make the team, but Grandal's having a great year as is Contreras, so they both deserve it probably as well. Right now, it looks like Contreras are a lock almost to win that. Voting. Uh, first base, Reese Hoskins is seventh, way behind in voting. He's not getting voted in. His numbers will probably not get him in either with the uh, talent at first base this year. Uh, guys having some pretty great years. Second base, Cesar Hernandez is actually in fourth place. Actually, the Phillies... Highest vote total getter. If you can believe it, if you can believe it, Cesar Hernandez, of all the Philadelphia Phillies, has gotten the most votes to be on an all-star team. It is a wild world we're living in right now, folks. Uh, And uh, after that, you know, obviously, uh, Segura is fifth for shortstops. Uh, He is way behind Javier Baez, who looks like he's going to run there. It looks like the Cubs fans get out to vote is my takeaway. And then in outfield, uh, Bryce Harper is 10th, 10th in outfield voting. I think the big takeaway here is we are not going to see a lot of Philadelphia Phillies in the All-Star game as they really haven't um, deserved it much, to be blatantly honest, from a a stats perspective. Um, And it doesn't look like they're going to get voted in. So, uh, you know, I think Hector Neris deserves it. Hector Neris should be an All-Star. But... There's a different, if you want to swing me on a different philosophical discussion, that it is the all-star game and that a guy like Bryce Harper should be in it because he's the face of baseball and it's not about specifically what those guys are doing that season and it's about selling the game and it's about seeing the stars on the on the uh, you know all in the same field at the same time. I can get behind that argument. It's not necessarily the way I look at it. I think... I think it should be a mix. I think that does matter, and that's part of what voting should be in theory. Um, but 
I, I also, uh, you know, I can I could get behind that argument. And it's not just Bryce is here. I, I would have made that argument before, but especially now because Bryce is here. All right, tonight, big one is the Phillies look to take two or three again. That's what they've been doing, and that is, uh, has served them well. And tonight, again, the guy I think you want on the hill right now, which is crazy to say, but the guy, most consistent pitcher on the team, Zach Eflin, will take the hill tonight. I feel really good going up against Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, an older guy who... Uh, 30, I say older guys, younger than me by significantly, but uh, older guy, someone who was uh, in Japan, came back, the Miles Mikolas type of plan, uh, has not been great. And, and I think someone the Phillies can get all over that type of pitcher as uh, as uh, the, they have a chance. 7.05 start, so not a day game, not a getaway day. The Phillies do have an off day on Thursday. So I think a nice spot here for the Phillies to take the series and then head out to Atlanta for a monster series in Atlanta over the weekend. So that should be... A lot of fun. Until then, stick with it at Phillies Today. We'll be back to talk about it all. So thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.